Today on the show, Radical Ones, we kick off November celebrating 30 years of Mrs. Doubtfire. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Oh, yes. Won't you please come in? It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Charlie. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with the movie geek himself, Rob. And today, we are celebrating 30 years, Rob, of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, yes. 30 years the same as Hocus Pocus. That was a year. 1993? It was a good year. So, Rob, this is November. We're Spoiler, we're recording this still in October, of course, to be on schedule. But we had asked the Radical Ones on Instagram. And again, if you're not following us on Instagram, you are missing out, everybody, because that's very active. We had asked if there was a retro movie, a retro song, or a retro TV show, or all three, that people were thankful for, Rob. I think this is the perfect time, right, to be thankful. I mean, that's what the supposedly this month is about, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, this was a good question. I heard you got some really good answers for this one. Yeah, so let's go through them. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us at Channel 5. Please include in your traditional celebration concern for those more needy than ourselves. First off, we have Leo Horton. 359 who just started following us on instagram thank you so much thank you leo he says i am thankful for saved by the bell every day on peacock i'm assuming the original version and not yes (laughs) yes yes from what i've gathered of leo's profile it is definitely the original version and i mean rob is very big on streaming tv shows so this is a wonderful thing to go back to yeah i would say so i remember watching it as it was airing and then you know sometimes tbs would do the reruns and stuff i think today it's a little difficult for me to watch but i still appreciate <laughs> what it gave me as a kid no more Lafey's podcast rob which we actually just guest starred on last week hello hello and they say love a fall rewatch of felicity taking it back to the wb time <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sure I mentioned this on the show. I never watched Felicity. That one skipped a beat. 
Never. They're, that's it. They're canceling us right now. They're yeah. taking away her nostalgia card. Bye. <laughs> but it was definitely a moment. The the whole Carrie Russell, the whole Felicity shaving her hair. Well, no, she didn't shave her head, but she she cut that beautiful locks. <laughs> we also have Jamie Music 97. Hello, Jamie. She was one Hi, of Jamie. our first Rob Instagram followers, one of the early ones. She says the TV show is The Golden Girls. The song is We Are the World and the movie is Back to the Future. Nice, nice. Those are some good choices. Three classics, truly. Okay, we also have Tarried by Lucia. She says Duran Duran and I'm just assuming this is Duran Duran in general and their music. Mm -hmm. Another feel good. Yes. Thank you so much for that, Lucia. We also have Holly Renee 86, my old friend from school. Hi, Holly. She (laughs) says an American tale and Feifel goes west. Oh my god, yes. Love that my kids enjoy these movies like me. That's even better, Rob. What do you think about parents who show films to their kids that will most likely make them cry? Like, do you feel <laughs> it's great that they channel those emotions and get them out? Or is it torture to just be like, you're gonna watch this movie and you're gonna cry today. I want you to feel, well, it's not like you want them to feel sad, but well, Fifle, it will definitely make you cry, especially that first one. So, I mean, I cried when he was singing somewhere out there <laughs> with, <laughs> with his sister. But yeah, I think though, Rob, I would actually cry if I showed my kids something and they didn't like it. That's what would make me cry. <laughs> okay, we also have Ansel Farage, director, writer extraordinaire. He says Val Luton's classic horror films. Ooh. Nice, nice. Nice. Perfect timing. We also have Cadu. Hello, Cadu. Cadu says Charmed and Charlie's Angels, the power of family, friendship, and sisterhood. He loves the triplets. Yeah, there's something about women in threes, right? <laughs> Thank you so much for these because th- these are actually more answers than we probably get normally. So thank you. Thank you, Radical Ones, for this. <laughs> so, Rob, asking you the same question. What are you thankful for this month? Which shows, TV, movie, what what's getting your heart going? I'm always going to be thankful for Clue. Like, that movie just makes me happy every single day. I quote it all the time. I can't stop thinking about it. It's my favorite game. Like, I'm always going to be thankful for my favorite movie, so. I gotta tell you, I am so thankful. And this is actually something I'm always thankful for, Rob. But especially this month... I am thankful for freaking S Club. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I love that. Rob and I are both going to see S Club live in concert. This is a 90s band for any radical ones that are listening and going, who the heck are you talking about? S Club, formerly S Club 7, are doing the first US tour ever. And Rob is actually going to get to see them before me. So I am just, oh, I'm so excited. But yeah, make sure to clarify, we are not going together. He still refuses to meet me in person. He just prefers me on screen so that's it nope this is not together he's going in new york so but yes i can't wait i'm going and i did splurge i did splurge so i'm doing the full experience and can i just tell you the music it just takes you back again i'm always listening to them rob but the last few months with the excitement building that they're coming and you know this tour is happening in 25 years oh 
my God, so good. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see sort of the vibe because we're going to a theater, the Dolby Theater here, which is not necessarily set up, in my opinion, to have a musical concert. Ooh. And, you know, I'm in the, you know, the the mezzanine, which technically is putting me closer to the stage than yes on orchestra if i'm like way in the back it's it's seated and i don't know if the vibe here is gonna want to stand up and like dance or whatever or if everybody is just gonna have this idea of just sitting through the whole thing like that's gonna be really weird for me but i will see i mean i don't know i don't know how it's gonna go but i mean this is not a theater concert it's a it's a full-blown concert so i'm really surprised that it's playing at dolby but i will we'll see what happens hopefully people up there with me are going to pass the vibe check and want to like stand and and actually be at this concert but it's also been many many years since i've been to a concert i i can't really tell you the last time i've been to one i'm actually wondering the same thing with the one in new york rob it's the opposite no seats which okay everyone's gonna stand then mm-hmm. but it's general entry and three yeah. floors so i am not going on that top floor i am wondering how these concerts are gonna go but yeah We'll see, but I'm excited. So, Radical Ones, let's get into today's movie because this is actually a really big, big movie. To see his kids, I need to be with my children. Daniel Hillard was ready for anything. Now, ready or not. One drop or two. Would you like another one? Oh, there you go. Here comes Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, sir. The terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. Robin Williams is Mrs. Doubtfire. A father's work is never done. Mrs. Doubtfire. You're coming into the men's room. Ready PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 24th at theaters everywhere. Mrs. Doubtfire release on November 24th, 1993, Rob. It is described as following a recently divorced actor who disguises as an elderly female housekeeper to be able to interact with his children. The film addresses themes of divorce, separation, and the effects they have on a family. I mean, okay, yes, I'll I'll take that, right? (laughs) I mean, I have mad respect for Mrs. Doubtfire as as well as Robin Williams. I mean, this is one of those movies where if you wanted to like teach a class on how he acts and and sort of the versatility that he possesses, like this is an example of that. And you would want to show this to your students because in this movie, he plays so many different characters, so many different emotions, and he's just really funny. He's clearly the lead in this and a scene stealer. Yeah, I, I always have mad respect for this. I don't watch it as often. I don't own it, which is surprising. But, you know, anytime somebody wants to watch it, I'll watch it, you know? I remember going to an outdoor screening of this. Oh, it was at the graveyard? No, it wasn't at the cemetery. This was at a, a popular park, uh, Griffith Park. Um, they showed it in one of the spots there. Um, and, and that was a good time, you know? And, of course, it's quotable as well, especially Sally Field gives her best lines in her career in this movie. <laughs> so, and I'm still quoting them today. So, I mean, this movie will always be a part of, like, 
movie history. And so I, you know, before watching it for the show, I still enjoyed it. I didn't, you know, but we'll talk about some of the other elements that are in here. But yeah, I still enjoyed it. This was one of those films that I always remembered loving. Matter of fact, Rob, when you're talking about owning it, I have the VHS tape, which of course, what does that do for anyone who doesn't have a player? But one of my most vivid memories as a kid, and I don't know why, is waiting for this movie to come out on VHS pre-order from, I think it was Blockbuster, I want to say, but my mother did it. And I felt like at the time, I mean, yes, VHS tapes, I felt like took a longer time to be released as, you know, things now. But I would have swore to you it took two years for this movie to come out on VHS tape. And I looked it up. Like we said, November 24th, 1993 was the film release in the theaters and the VHS came out on April 26th of 1994. So about six months. So not two years, but for a kid who evidently was waiting for this movie, I don't know. I was, I just had to see this film again. It felt like two years. So I had a huge memory of this movie being in theaters forever. Like they just would never remove it. And (laughs) I thought that I had an idea of when movies usually transition out of theaters and then onto VHS or DVD, but this movie just wouldn't go anywhere. It it stayed so long in the theaters, but I do remember going to the theaters to see this. So right off the bat, of course, Robin Williams playing Daniel, who is the father in this movie. From the first scene, Rob, when he is doing the voice of that like Tweety Bird-esque character, and he's playing both parts singing you know doing this whole thing you are in for a show from literally the first moments of this movie Sono il facotum della città, sono il facotum della città, della città, della città, della città. Salutation snack. Shape. What do you think about Robin in general? His style of acting, I would say, because over the years, you know, he definitely has that, the personality you would describe as almost joking continuously kind of thing, never serious. Of course, you never know what someone's going through in their real life, as we know, but were you a Robin Williams fan? So I will say that I am definitely a fan of his movies. I appreciate his comedic style i also know that behind the scenes he definitely was someone who (laughs) loved to keep it on the whole time and i mean i think there were very big reasons for that i'm not saying this is the top reason but you know he suffered from depression and so like laughter was definitely a great medicine for him to be a beat and keep you know his spirits up and whatnot and so he just kept going and going i remember a specific family guy joke where i can't i can't remember if it was like a halloween episode or something but there was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an episode where all of these Robin William characters started showing up out of nowhere and it was all from different movies and they would just overpopulate the world with all of his comedy. And then there were other jokes where, you know, 
he just would be so tangent, like having ADHD or something where he would just keep going. Everything was a pun. Everything could like transition into another joke. And so he just kept going and going. But for me, like I've always enjoyed him since Mork and Mindy. Yes. You know? So yes. like I'm used to him. What's funny, though, is I watching this movie and, and this is literally when I saw it for the first time of of Mrs. Delphire is that I always had a very cringe and uncomfortable feeling when he would curse. It's just something that I don't associate Robin Williams as. And maybe because he's, because he's so comical, I just can't picture him being like really real. And that's the heavy topics of, you know, discussion in his comedy specials or how vulgar or very deep rated R he is if you if you were to ever watch a comedy special of his it's a complete difference than what you are seeing in like genius like the Brad. eddie murphy almost like the beginning eddie murphy like comedy specials that are completely yeah. different from now it's it's so so i i could never watch his comedy stand-ups but i love his comedy in in movies and i think columbus the director making williams you know like open this movie with his own voice talents to the credits <laughs> is so perfect i mean it just shows the range of the type of comedy you're gonna get in this movie and then also just i i don't i, I just love the fact that we were able to see this old school animation you know like looney tune style and him voicing not one but every character that's on the screen and he had this big moral thing about, you know, cigarettes and cartoons and stuff. And I was going to ask you a little bit more about that. But to answer your question, like I, I dig Robin Williams and I continue to hear more and more stories about what he would do when he would be on these jobs about hiring yes. homeless and making sure, you know, that there was a uh, certain types of people that were always hired and like he would donate all the time. Like he's an exceptional man. He's just awesome. And I want to even say I was reading and forgive me, radical ones. It was something like one of the kids in this movie lost their mother. And I want to say it was Lisa Jacob, the the actress who plays the oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. And he was there for her too, after she had passed, even years later. So it does sound like he was a wonderful man. You know, Robin does have this style that he could just, you let him go and he'll probably, he could just talk continuously. Like, But I got to say, when you put him in a structured role like this, and even in se- more serious things like Patch Adams, things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can go as far as like one hour photo and, and, and you know. Like, that I hurt my heart. I never wanted to see him like that. <laughs> speaking of not wanting to see Robin as the yeah. Oh, he plays a wonderful villain. Oh my god, he's so good at it. He's yeah, he's very good. I think he was also in Insomnia with Al Pacino. He's he's done a lot of serious stuff too, but yeah, one hour photo was definitely a shift. But when you give him like a plot like this, the there was multiple takes of each scene. Evidently they let Robin do the scene as written and then done four or five more times after that with different things like that. So we'll get really into his character and sort of what driving him to kind of do the things that he <laughs> did in this movie, just some of the choices that were made. One of them did happen in the beginning is that you know we find out the family dynamic is that Sally Field's character Miranda is sort of like the breadwinner but she's also the responsible parent between the two of them Yeah, and he is obviously doing what he loves what he's good at he's obviously found a career in the talents 
that he has, right? That I think is what everybody should strive to, right? But there was a moral thing that happened in here is that one of the cartoon characters in the in the strip was literally smoking a cigarette. Like there was just no sort of like, you know, ways around it. Like in your face, we are smoking on screen and this is being shown to kids. And to be fair, like a lot of cartoons, especially Tom and Jerry, featured smoking a lot. Oh yeah, all the time. And he decided that he wanted to take a stand and not promote cigarettes to children in this fashion and you know the director's like you deliver the lines the way they are on the page so like do them or you know get out and he chose to quit his job well let's ask the technicians do you think it's morally right to promote smoking to the youth of america now i don't know how often that he does this but he has a family to take care of he you know in the 90s is the man of the house and that is a very huge title back in the 90s do you feel that it was smart of him to trust in his beliefs and not go against what he believes in by quitting a job that puts you know money and food on the table and you know all of that good stuff do you feel that it was foolish of him to quit this job the way that he did in that way yes if you had your family like you're saying to take care of i actually wondered how long he was playing this role for too is in my head it seems like he originated the role and, and you know it was his character that he thought he had so i honestly respected him so much for that in the sense that he's taking offense to this and saying this is not what he wants kids and it to me it showed his character so i honestly was okay with that although yeah Yes, totally understand the whole family. Like, it is irresponsible in that sense. But I gotta say, and I'll say it later too, but I feel like Sally could have probably took... She was taking care of this family by herself anyway. So, you know what? I think it was okay then, unless this is like a every week thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you heard the oldest daughter. She was like, oh, you got fired again. So this <laughs> is something that is common right like he not necessarily can't keep a job but he just there's always reasons for him to you know quit and keep going and here's the thing i think there is a lot of people out there especially you know like someone like daniel who has that second income that support from his wife that he can afford to take time off because he knows he has yeah. a safety net and a lot of people don't have that and so are we to put down people who choose to do the lines as said on the paper and go against their belief and put this cartoon out with, you know, and, and you know, some people just need the money and they can't afford to yeah. just like quit on a whim just because you're not going to be, you know, struggling when you get home. There's a there's a lot of questionable decisions in this movie that kind of makes Daniel not necessarily the protagonist in this film. And, and that's some of the things that I want to like talk about as we go. But I agree with you. I would love to live in a world where I could just be like, I don't believe in the mission statement here. I'm out, you know, and then go off and get another job somewhere else. But, you know, like we have to be adults. I have to pay bills. Like, what do you do? <laughs> and they also had this thing again. Yes, it's it's they're portraying him in a certain way. But the way that they talked about actors in, in this and then even to me, a voice actor, and yes, this is a different generation, you know, people make huge, huge careers, but there's always been voice actors. To me, everyone like foo-fooing this man's talent, clearly. Listen to this man for two seconds and you could tell that he could do 500 voices, so... <laughs> A voice actor to me is a real a real job, but let's read the the clues they're giving you, like the daughter's saying, like Rob's, you're fired again. So yes, okay, this is a pattern. This is a pattern, and Sally Field is not just screaming for no reason. Damn it! 
<laughs> she is dramatic in this movie, but I love it. I love yeah. it. No, she's good. So right off the bat, the whole thing that ends this marriage this time, like like they say, this it would have it would have happened another time, but only son, played by Matthew Lawrence in this movie. Failed the test. He's not supposed to have his 12th birthday party dude in the surfer voice. <laughs> and he tells Robin's character, Daniel, picks them up from school and says, they're going to have a party, you know, without the mother knowing. And somehow, magically, he was going to pick, he was going to get this cleaned up before she came home. I still don't know, but let's see. I would have loved to have seen the cleanup after this. The timeline doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when middle school let out. Back in the day. I gotta tell you, David's kids now, my brother David's kids, every Wednesday, I don't know if this is just an Arizona thing, they get a half day. Is that- Oh, wow. I, I, no, no, not at all. (laughs) I, so middle school, I- it had to have been like three, right? Yeah. Two, three o'clock. So at least the type of job that Miranda would have, she would most likely leave around five or six, unless she's like the boss and she stays a little later. I'm, and you know, maybe she comes home late because I mean, I guess that's when what Doubtfire I think. was watching them, she wouldn't come home until the evening, like dinner time. So the sun would be down. Yes. So maybe she, he did have time to really clean up everything. I don't know when that party would have shut down, but to clean that entire house the way that it looked before she got home that like she probably got home at around like 7 7 30 maybe so i i guess the timeline works this is my question did she rush because of that damn neighbor contacting her mrs deagle you mean mm, that one miss hillard the operator has a gloria cheney on hold she says it's an emergency excuse me Gloria? That was Miss Deagle. Oh, we love her. So she was a nasty woman in, in Gremlins as well. Yes, she was. Yes, yes, she yeah. was. And my yes. God, this woman plays it to perfection. But I will say this. So I got a different side of her. So she was Jill's mother in Home Improvement. Well, I've just rewatched the series. Yeah, I just binged that whole series. And so she was a lovable woman on that show. And total difference than what you see here and in uh, Gremlins. But yes, it was the neighbor that caused her to come home early. So she picked up the cake early and, and heads right home. The cake, she had presents. Yeah. Oh, and before she gets home, oh, who do we see? Martin Mole for no reason, a.k.a. <sighs> Colonel Mustard. Yes! No idea. He was in this. That was a surprise too actually yes yeah there was a few people in this movie and went oh oh yeah you were in this yeah i mean again this just shows this characters but i gotta say when they're jump playing jump around and the kids are everyone is jumping on this furniture i kept saying there's no way there is no way didn't you love the cliche 90s party where there's everything that's happening is happening including someone swinging from the chandelier (laughs) that thing would break immediately but I just love how they had to incorporate that type of shenanigan in this movie. That's that's how you know there's a, a rowdy party is when somebody's swinging from the chandeliers. <laughs> Synchronized dancing on top of a table, everything. The animals, a pony inside the house. So can you imagine having a parent like that? Like, I, I have absolutely no clue what that feels like. That is insane. I think it would be like this movie, Rob. I think if unless the other parent is exactly the same, there would be this animosity that like Sally Fields character said, I'm always the bad one. I'm always the serious one because you're a cartoon character. Like they were honestly complete spectrum. 
uniforms. So yeah, the parroting is just crazy. Just realize you're spending too much time with those corporate clones you used to despise. I spent too much time with you, Daniel. It's over. It's over. Miranda, listen, we've got problems, but who doesn't? We can work them out. What are you talking about? It's over. We've been trying to work them out for 14 years. I did have a question about that because there is a scene where she talks about what about Daniel that made her so smitten to the point of marriage and three kids. And what she described made sense. And maybe she Mm. was a different person back then. Because I think once a couple then transitions into having responsibilities, then your personality changes. And she probably was just as carefree. But we don't know that, right? We don't know her as Miranda and, you know... (laughs) You make me help to be the bad guy. You know, let's <laughs> she does it so good too, the way she does does her. So lines. I, you know, I'm looking at them too, and I'm like, I don't understand how they're even together to begin with. Like, no, not only Miranda and Daniel, but just like a Robin Williams and a Sally Field just doesn't look like they would be together. I just see them as the oddest couple ever. It's so true. I mean, had Sally done more, she was the serious one, right? She was the straight player in this. Mm-hmm. But had she done more comedic things then you could maybe see it but yes at this point you see a workaholic serious and maybe she became like that because of the kids and she noticed that he wasn't doing anything but i would have loved to have known more about this family dynamic but you know grace for her i just want to make it clear that i have nothing against uh miranda's character and the fact that she was the responsible parent i mean i think she had a lot of great points as to the double-sided coin of being parents to kids and you know i understand that ron williams is the fun one but like when you leave it up to you know your partner to step up on his own and he doesn't somebody has to be the the serious one yes and 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 take responsibility take the lead there has to be a little bit of leadership here and she doesn't have room to do that and i i think it it comes down to the lifestyle that they've chosen to live in i mean that was a huge house and to that's to keep that in san francisco oh my god yes somebody gotta be working around the clock so so that's the thing that got me again because if this is her pattern she's clearly and not that it's right or wrong i'm not saying that she should be up all up to paying the bills herself but if she could do this herself and he was honestly looking at your husband he was meant to be this like a nanny and and with these kids and things like that i I would have seen if he could have been an at-home nanny but it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way bottom line i need to be with my children and i'll do anything to do that you just tell me what to do Oh, shout out to David from Slash Vision TV. He had sent me a scenes of deleted scenes from the movie, which there is beyond. There's about five different cuts of this movie. But from these deleted scenes, Rob, they really were painting a picture of this marriage that was cut out. It was very more for Daniel messing up at everything really so they did cut out a lot of his character and matter of fact that neighbor she had about five other scenes that they completely cut out she says to mrs dalfire when she first meets her outside that daniel cheated on miranda and beats the children (laughs) (laughs) was true, but this is what this woman thinks of him and how much she hates this daniel and how nosy she was but can i tell 
tell you, Radical One's Rob, he gets such amazing revenge on her in these deleted scenes. (laughs) So good. But bad mouths continuously, Rob. Even there's a scene when he's playing Mrs. Delphire and he says that Daniel showed up because there's something else happening that he's trying to distract Miranda from. And he's like, I'm going to tell him, dear, to go away because he's trying to see his kid. Oh, go away, you terrible man. Like, they really were hammering that this guy was terrible 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 so i'm so glad that things were deleted in that sense interesting interesting yeah i i did see that you sent me all of these deleted scenes are on youtube by the way if you want to check them out there was questions about him being a protagonist in this movie and did we really want him to succeed and win and 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 you know throughout the movie he definitely learned you know how to be responsible and and just serious about parenting and and not everything is a joke and and such and he learned a lot he you know put a lot of effort into learning how to cook and things like that there was a huge transition oh, yeah and how this you know imaginary woman happened to save this family i mean it's literally mary poffins to a t <laughs> the fact that she just came in and just reconstructed this whole family to better themselves it, it was this idea that he wanted to be closer to his kids but yet he sort of we never really got his style of parenting period you know like it was really funny how doubtfire was like you are gonna clean all of this you know and wash the walls and all of this stuff and i'm just gonna sit here with the newspaper it wasn't like they helped do it together and things like that so it's just like was he always like this or did he try and you know win big with miranda by doing it this way like i actually was gonna ask you that too i almost took it this time around that he was trying to get them to hate him the first time so they would complain to get rid of him but then it didn't play that as i'm right that makes more sense doubtfire sucks we want dad back and they did attempt to do that i also wondered how long he wanted to do it i mean i guess he did this until he had the next court date i guess that was his end game but i guess it sounds like he was trying to get fired so the dad would come in and swoop in but it didn't work that way so what do you think about that scene where Miranda and I honestly I did take offense to this as I think as a parent she you know when she drops them off an hour late and picks them up an hour early oh she was definitely stewing and and projecting a lot of resentment and anger like I would think that in the first few weeks of divorce like things are just because you no longer have to hold in your your you know resentment towards another person like (laughs) we got a divorce i can now be honest about my feelings about you and you're like not a really good person like i don't like you that way and so she's not really thinking about him anymore and putting him first and i think that was kind of where she was coming from was i'm always having to pick up the pieces of what you Mm. always project so it's just like i'm gonna do what i want to do now and that means i have double the responsibility which means you're not gonna get your kids until here and i don't care what you say because you brought this on yourself no 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 come on sit down sit down sit down you don't have to run off when she honks the horn come on you're on my time now but you found it offensive so what about it was it just she didn't uphold sort of her end of the if i think if you're gonna play fair like if you want this to work that he can get to see the kids give him the benefit you know like start fresh and and start right off the bat like to me don't start sour and like oh i'm just gonna drop them off whenever i want to when this man you know this man lives for his children like he said like at least give him the time that's allotted and don't come in barging in and saying oh you have such a terrible Play. Oh, I'm sorry we can't afford your Miranda house. <laughs> Miranda. 
<laughs> no, I totally get it. I, I do understand. Like, you know, like he only gets a few hours a week. So, but I mean, this, I, I think was just her sort of just being like, this is what you get for not, you know, being a responsible parent or a good loving husband. And, you know, sorry about it. Like, <laughs> we can't have you picking them up anymore. So if I got to drive to and from and everywhere, then this is the schedule it is. Daniel, hi. Could you make me a woman? Honey, I'm so happy. Oh, come I know you'd understand. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, so we have to talk about just the whole transformation of how this happened. So Harvey Firestein plays Frank, Daniel's gay brother, and he has a domestic partnership. That's how it's described, a domestic partnership with, yeah, you know. Jack. Yeah. And they, he's a, a special effects makeup, which I kind of, I like that, that he has all of these. He's not just a makeup person, he does prosthetics. So really you cool. want to meet the mom on how she raised two <laughs> yeah. Kids who decided to invest in the industry, one for makeup, one for acting. Like, what mom was this? I'm very curious as to who this woman was. Yeah, Ma, you tell me all about it. Yeah, Ma, I heard, I heard. Well, yeah, he's here. No. Ma's not really in the mood to talk. Well, yeah, depressed, you know. I mean, his marriage is ending. My marriage is not ending. Just on hiatus, right? And they both had fun personalities too, which which was which was fantastic. I will be honest with you; the, these two reminded me of you and David so much. <laughs> oh my god! Oh it god! Really who did. am I? Just, I can imagine. Well, I mean, the both of you love your mother, so. But at that age, would you have gone back to live with her after living on your own, coming <sighs> off a divorce? Would you go back to your parents' home and live there? That would be really hard, <laughs> really hard. Because I'm just yeah. watching the <laughs> really hard, really hard. She's so like different in a lot of ways. I'm Love just watching her. the Love dynamic her. though, and I was just like, "This is so you and David." Like it's hilarious. <laughs> so, so the transformation happens, and this is, I feel like, that gay time of the '90s, Rob. Right when we were infiltrating the main, like, the culture of things, like, and then followed up by Birdcage, Robin Williams again, you know, and things like that. So, I do love that he's portrayed as this loving brother, and he has this partner, and it's normal. So, in the early '90s, it was easier to put a flamboyant gay person on screen or a character excuse me then um and an average joe because how would you know that they are gay unless they act a specific way so it was easier to identify without actually saying it out loud and that's what the problem was is that back then and even today sometimes they don't want to say a person's gay they just want to present it and the best way to do that in a family-friendly way is just have them act flamboyant what i noticed from miss delphire is that they did not make them the butt of the joke at all in no. fact they were the 
saviors for this whole movie because without them we wouldn't have Doubtfire and we wouldn't have this movie they were the ones with the talent and was able to kind of like push the movie forward was their makeup um, talent and skills so I feel that they were put on a pedestal in this one yes they do fit a certain stereotype but they weren't the butt of the joke yes. and I, I think that makes a difference when you are portraying gay characters on uh, in film so that's how I took it. I would have loved more characters with the brother as well other than I 100% agree 100% agree they should have been in the movie more. Was the last scene when he gives him the pro- the second mask and he says you know these are that hard. It. To- that's it wow wow yeah. wow wow so I mean, the movie wasn't about them i totally get it but i mean if we wanted more shenanigans and like maybe the brother having to help throughout the time of you know because to be fair it's funny how daniel was able to put on the mask and the hair so perfectly without one line showing no edges from his actual hair the mask never peeled like he was able to put that thing on so perfectly each time it's like i'm surprised he never needed his brother to like fit into all of that anymore so yeah, it would have been great to have those two in more. It literally is like magic. Like speaking of the mask, it was like putting that on it. It just magically transformed yeah. his whole body because we know that prosthetic mask would never go on that face and look like that. So <laughs> by the way, Rob, this is hysterical and this is so out of the way, but you know that damn thirsty bus driver? Yes. Yes. Evening, ma'am. Cold night, isn't it? Yes, it is. Hope you have something nice and warm to go home to. This is this is the <laughs> bus driver from Hocus grown up. Like yeah! <laughs> he just aged and he's still picking up women on his stops. That's perfect. <laughs> he he was fired from his um Salem job because he was getting too frisky and he loved running over animals. So they had to transfer him over to San Francisco where he's still pulling the same. Oh my stuff. god, yeah. Have Sarah sit on his lap. Here's um, the thing about him. I'm sorry when we lived in a world without internet and apps and whatever, like you had to shoot your shot wherever you could. And this man saw a beautiful woman and decided to like, say hello. Did he come off too strong or creepy? Probably. But I think that's due to the edit. Like he didn't really have too much game, but he was very forthright about like, you are you know, a beautiful woman, even with the hairy leg, he was like, I don't care. I don't care. Let's hang out. And I, I can't fault him for that. I love, he was exactly, he was down for anything. This man, I love the thirsty driver, but there is a just lead Okay. There's a deleted scene. I guess this probably was, I don't know, maybe the last time, but he, Mrs. Doubtfire puts the dollar, whatever bill on the thing. He, he grabs her hand and he says, it's on me. It's on me. I've been doing this job oh, so long. And so then he cute. actually looks at him and goes, I'm a man. Oh. But he goes, I would never have guessed. You're so beautiful. Like, do you do this for work? He was so... Really? It was amazing. He was just so like, after he found out, he's like, well, you make a beautiful woman. <laughs> I wish they would have kept that in because it would have been a nice ending for Thirsty Bus Driver. And where in the movie that would have been? Because he was just like, I'm a man. <laughs> so I was, wow. I was like, you really defeat, you're really defeated, Daniel. So it's interesting to see where these things would have been in, in at the point of the film. Yeah. What are some of your funniest parts from the movie? I, I actually was laughing about it earlier, Rob. Oh, she's got daggers for you. 
Especially that Liddy, she's got daggers for you. I know. And did did that daughter's eyes not read daggers when she did look at Sally Field? Yeah. <laughs> you broke my bear. <laughs> the bastard broke my bear. Oh, the, the, yes. Whatever he says, that bastard broke my bear. I have that written down. I love that scene. It's so funny. <laughs> he said, broke my bag, the bastard. Yes. Broke my bag, the bastard. Oh. So like funny. Two seconds from where he's living. Like, is her neighborhood dangerous? Like, what? It look, it, that's what it, they're trying to Broad make it. daylight I in a crosswalk. <laughs> he's like, beat it. And he could have, like, beat him up or whatever, but he was just like, get out of here, you know? And it, at that time, it's that, that again, it's that you have a voice, you have the voice of a man, so you're you're scaring me kind of thing. But, but it, it's it worked. also the natural transition back to Doubtfire as he delivered, broke my bag the back. <laughs> you know, like, he could have said that in his man voice, but he yeah. didn't. Like, he's, like, it's now become Daniel is the alter ego now. It's not even Doubtfire. Let me go back to my normal voice. Like, no one's going to believe you're Mrs. Doubtfire in those next two seconds. You can talk normally if you want. But he was just Love like, it. my bag, the bastard. That, that's when you could say it kind of blurs the line almost as a, like, a dual personality. Oh, and then this, Rob. As I hold this cold meat, I'm reminded of my Winston. Oh, as I hold this cold meat, I'm reminded of Winston. God rest his soul. When did he pass on? Eight years ago, dear. This November. What happened? He was quite fond of the drink. Ah. It was a drink that killed him. How awful. He was an alcoholic. No, he was hit by a Guinness truck. So it was eight years then, added the 30, 38 years later, Winston, in that Guinness truck that struck him. Took him from Mrs. Dalfire. Oh. I do love that he had an excuse for everything anytime he would about to be caught he would always have something (laughs) like him trying to sit in the smoking section and came up with that entire story oh my god just amazing just amazing work the way he just always had something (laughs) does your girlfriend have a girlfriend well it is the 90s i thought that was smart well it is the 90s (laughs) oh sir I saw it. Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them, sir. Don't worry. What about Stu? Not being the typical, this is Pierce Brosnan's character, Stuart, Stu. You kind of get the idea at first that maybe he's, you know, going to be end up being this rich, lusty, but he doesn't hate the kids. Spoiler. That's when you go, wow, this guy is decent. There was a moment at the water park where he was talking to a fellow colleague and he easily could have just been like, oh, we're shipping them off to boarding school or, oh yeah, you know, I just got to get the kids out of the way. I mean, he did hate on Dan for a minute you know the guy's a loser and blah blah like i know he would never say anything like that in front of the kids but you don't know his story and just because they happen to be divorced Mm -hmm. doesn't make him out to be a horrible human being like he clearly just has a huge crush on Miranda and is putting the guy down in the process. She must be. I'm sorry. I bet you Miranda is bad mouthing this man continuously. Right or wrong? Oh my God. So, well, first, I'll just say Stu. Okay, my God. He, Prince Bronson was so damn hot in this movie. That man and that posture when he was on that diving board, I was done. I was, was like, that really him? 
flipping too because it oh, looked real. It looked real. I could look like he did it. <laughs> I, I was like, good for him though. But yes, he had an amazing attitude. He definitely was down for being a family man and he embraced those kids and he was very patient. And my thing is when they first met again, you know, for, for doing the work thing, he said something like, I don't hold any grudges. It seems that she dumped him for Daniel. Wow. Yeah. And I don't, I wish we got more of that story because damn, I don't know what their history is, but apparently it wasn't a good one, but he still held a candle for her and is now getting a second chance at being with her. And what do you think I, it was that why she didn't choose him at first? Did she hear him sing in Mamma Mia? <laughs> <laughs> Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. I, you know, I, she obviously had a different personality that probably would not have thrived being in a relationship with Pierce. Maybe it was too serious too soon. Who knows? You know, we don't know what kind of man he was. Uh, but, you know, there was, there was a little bit more humbleness in Daniel, I think. More realism, you know, you know, just having fun or whatnot, I assume just really captivated her and was like, I'm going to choose, you know, instead of the one who wants it all. Like, I'm, I don't have time for you traveling everywhere and yeah. putting your career first. Like, it's got to be me. It's me, me, me. I, I don't know. It could be anything. But I'm very curious, like, what, what, what happened in their past. Do you think he believed that it was a run by fruiting or do you think he no, knew it was Delphire? No, it was Delphire. <laughs> <laughs> And I also found it very funny that he would continuously invite her out with the family because like she clearly doesn't like you. And I, I just I was like, why do you keep inviting her out? Because every time she shows up, she shows her ass and is just never in your favor ever. And he said some very offensive things to Stu and Stu took it and brushed it off. And he was a total gentleman. So like, I love his character. I, there was never really a villain in him. And I think the movie would have deterred from the whole point, which yes. is about family and the kids. Yes. If you made it about him trying to get Miranda back, like this movie would have been stupid. But Which um, was in the first script, by the way. They get back back together I'm, I'm at sure. the end oh my god no i'm so glad they did not get back together but there was a part when Miss Delphire shows up the immediate um introduction in the interview and she just i mean uh, miranda just gets so much in her feelings and she's literally about to badmouth daniel and daniel's like yes. oh yeah it's it's probably good that we don't talk bad about our <laughs> kids parents in front of them maybe we should send them out of the room i'm sure you normally would encourage the children to step out of the room before you verbally bash their father hmm? well if i did that i might never see them again <laughs> And I'm like, where was this maturity earlier? Like, all of a sudden, Delphire is unlocking yep. all of this stuff. But Miranda had no problem. See, he's the kind of guy I was like, I cannot believe you are about to like. She was looking for man. a girlfriend. This woman needed a girlfriend <laughs> bad. You're right. As soon as she opened her mouth, Daniel was up. <laughs> I was like, you do not do this in front of your kids. She she had no problem. She had no, no problem problems. But no how problem. But how wonderful was it for her to express her feelings to Doubtfire and having Daniel hear that she's been keeping things from him this whole time the crying Ooh. to sleep like 
I'm sure that was a very awakening moment for him. That was terrible. The whole, yeah, I, the whole situation I was just like, man, yeah, that was horrible to hear. Yeah, but I mean, it was something that needed to be said, and it sucks that they didn't have the kind of marriage to where she could open up about that to him and, you know, possibly fix it. He immediately was like, let's go to family therapy. Like, I don't want this to end. Yes. Like, I know I'm a fucker, but like, this is our marriage, and I, you know, things just got too real, and she couldn't take it anymore. I honestly, though, do you think it was more for the kid's sake? I think it, for him, I mean, he loved her. So, so he's like, I really don't want to be with you, but if you're going to take my kids away, like, that's I what I'm feeling. Your, your like, heart. he'll be like, okay, like, I mean, not that he, let's face it, love Robin, but he was not, let's say, Pierce Brosnan. So I get it, but I really think for him, he stayed in the marriage for the kids. I mean, I'm sure they both did for to a point, but she just couldn't handle it anymore. Well, I think that's what's interesting about the writing and directing. It's 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 a little bit of the 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 picture you want to frame, right? Like, do you want them to have a happy marriage to have it make sense? And so yes. we're not going to get the idea of him wanting to be with her because we don't get any lovey-dovey moments with the two of them. Never. Their very first scene together is them arguing. So and it's over. Like, and it's over. <laughs> also, Sally Field with her, like, <laughs> her parrot talk, where she would always just say the same thing over again. Don't do that. Don't do that. You make me, I'm always the bad guy. I'm always the bad guy. The whole time, the whole time, the whole time. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The whole time, the, the whole time, you would, the whole time. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Miranda, uh, please. Don't talk to me. Don't. Touch me! Don't touch me! I have to go. We have to leave now. I have to leave. We have to leave now. I have to go. We're gone. I felt her in that restaurant. Would you have the same reaction like, holy You know you. who gave me the reaction was Mara Wilson's face when she saw this <sighs> face being peeled off of an old woman. That, did you, that woman, the the way that little girl gave face, like, dad, are you sick? Like, she looked devastated and traumatized. I forgot the other two learned that early as well. I actually yeah, totally did. forgot that, but yeah, and I'll give it to her. Love her. She is adorable as always. I could not take her whispering in this movie. Yes, this was her first <laughs> role, really. She was brand new, it said, brand new. But everything was a whisper. <laughs> Why do you want mommy to die? <laughs> like, that was her character. You are going to whisper, girl. You are going to whisper. Why would you want mommy to die? Oh, honey, I don't want mommy to die. Then why did you say that? <laughs> by the way rob was that was the charmed triangle building right that they showed at some point that white triangle yeah. building that they always yeah, yeah. show in charmed mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean me thinking that the charm house is right down the street by the way i lived less than five minutes from that house does it still look like that um i mean the coloring might be a little off but yeah when i lived there like so i was in san francisco when robin williams died and so i went there and like there was a ton of people you know kind of giving their respects by standing in front of the house and and just kind of wow. like oh you know trying to remember him and whatnot and yeah the house was on that corner street and yeah i didn't live too far from it at all so i could easily just walk and visit and um you it's know, as giant Yes. As it oh, looks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It is huge. Um, one thing I wanted to point out is if you were to Google this movie, uh, there the genre 
would say sort of multiple things. It would be like comedy, family, children, whatever. If you look up Mrs. Doubtfire, it will say horror. Help is on the way, dear! It says horror. Oh, because I'm thinking of the video you sent me where they made it a yeah. horror movie. Yeah. So it actually does say it horror. It says <laughs> horror. Like, it doesn't say that on, you know, IMDb or anything. But if you were to hit Google, like, the pages that I found, it was listed as one of the genres. And so with the added um, edited trailer to make it look like a horror movie and sort of the things and um, and choices that, excuse me, that Daniel made in the movie. Do you think that this movie aged well? And I'm thinking in terms of like Parent Trap, where you really take a look and be like, these parents are horrible for splitting up these kids. And Daniel dressing up as an old woman, fraud, and a lot of other things that he did, the heavy lying, making the kids lie, keep secrets from their mom, walking in on him, peeing, and and just like... Oh my God. Yeah. Matthew Lawrence's character was so freaked out by that. Yeah. And so I, I just wonder like the way in the depths and the, in the lengths that he took to integrate himself back into their lives in such a false tense. Like, do you feel that Daniel is a protagonist? Is this something to laugh about? Or is this something that just really doesn't work today? And it's like borderline creepy and stalkerish. I would say if it wasn't Robin Williams, honestly, I don't know who could have done this better. On Tim Allen, by the way, was offered the role, so I can't imagine him doing it. <laughs> I think it's Robin Williams being so likable that does put blinders on, but this would be in court. This would be considered insanity. Like, dressing up and, and forming another identity and, and doing all this, yes, this would be this would be really crazy. Do I bl- do I understand in the context of the movie? Yes, yes. This man is so desperate for his kids, but it is it is some really mess messed yeah. up crap. <laughs> well, it's also like the vandalism to like Stu's car, and you know, like it's just little stuff like that where you're just like, oh, no, it's the death, the pepper food. As someone who has food allergies, oh my god, I forgot all about that. Holy he sh- I mean, he was drunk and like super oh, jealous yeah, or whatever, yeah. but yeah, he put a lot on there and he could have easily just collapsed and and died at the table i hate to make this review so damn grim but like we i'm curious do you feel that the movie still aged well is it still you know like considered a family-friendly movie or would people cringe today watching this for the first time oh i think this generation like if this if kids nowadays just watch this for the first time oh yeah i don't think this would fly at all had you shown maybe your kid and shared it like we were speaking earlier about sharing things with your kids when they were younger maybe but to me it worked rob i i because i laughed the whole entire time on this rewatch because it had been i don't even know 15 16 17 years but today audiences i don't think and i think there's things that would offend people just even down to the jokes and things like that i think today's audience it would offend too many people Mm -hmm. but for me i gotta say but you know i'm nostalgia goggles so do you think there's still sort of um room for this type of genre which is like cross-dressing and pretend like do you think that still works today in comedy it's like the ladybugs thing too when we were talking about ladybugs Mm -hmm. i don't think so because i think this is more of an everyday topic now like this is this is life 
life now that I don't think this works because this is we're so far I think removed from when this this was and and things like that even the jokes are just so far different from where we are now i don't know i don't think so i mean with the, the, it's on broadway so i guess it, it found a new life doing that but no i don't know i i don't know rob you i you know i i think there's a specific audience that would be able to watch this and see sort of the humor in it hopefully they do their homework and try and make it not as offensive oh, or yeah. depicting of anyone like personality or thinking they you know don't know who they are identity crisis things like that like has nothing to do with any of that um you know he definitely didn't want to be in the suit you know he (laughs) found it very uncomfortable this is not a lifestyle choice is what he said um not to say that if it was it would be you know bad but you know this is not something he really wanted to do for the rest of his life and yet he chose to create this character for a tv show so you know yeah that i uh, to me i mean back in the day when i watched the movie i was like yeah of course but i wonder in 1993 if they would have had a man just as playing a woman woman playing a grandmother character if they would have done that yeah exactly yeah, so, I mean, it, it's borderline. I just think it needs to be, um, there needs to be a very, very specific and reasonable um, reason for somebody to cross-dress to try and fool whoever and, and you know, have it make sense. I, I will say that, you know, I still watch the Tyler Perry's and things like that with Oh, Medea, yeah, yes, so, yes. like, I appreciate that for what it is. Well, Tyler Perry, I feel like, is in a whole other level. He made a universe of, mm-hmm. like, Medea universe, so... Yeah. That's true. I didn't even think of that as the amount and equivalent. Yeah. So I I still think the 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 theme, the messaging, the humor, the comedy. I think all of it is still good today. I think you can still watch this, have a good time with it. And unless you are completely against like you know drag queens and you know cosplay things like that, where you know it could confuse a young one to see somebody dressed up like I, this, seems to be one of the safer ones that you know people would be okay with you know um well you know what's funny siskel and ebert reviewed this at the time and of course siskel said that he compared it to tootsie and said it wasn't as it it wasn't gonna be a classic like tootsie and ebert said something different like he thought it was funny but to me it's so funny to see now this is considered a classic 30 years later Mm -hmm. and at the time they were comparing it to tootsie which I get it, but to me, this is completely not Tootsie. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. this is about a bit more of a family. He's trying to get his family, but but even back then, though, it doesn't seem like it was understood. Although it yeah. did, like you said, it, it was in the theaters forever. <laughs> so someone was saying it, but yeah. I gotta, I gotta say too, Rob, really quickly, there were so many adult jokes that I never realized as a kid down to. Even the the tool in the bedroom that he's surprised he hasn't she hasn't chipped a few teeth. Oh my god! Yeah. I hope you're up for a little competition. I beg your pardon. She's got a power tool in the bedroom, dear. <coughs> it's her personal jack hammer. She could break a sidewalk with that. <coughs> she uses it in the lights dim. It's like a prison movie. Oh. She hasn't chipped her teeth. Oh. I hope you bring cocktail sauce. She's got the crabs, dear, and I don't mean Dungeness. I'm being blunt as a spoon, aren't I? Forgive me. Oh. Mm. 
<laughs> never realized that as a kid. So damn Miranda. Well, just all the innuendos <laughs> of Stu sleeping with Miranda because of the bracelet. He just said every euphemism that exists. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> So Radical Ones, 30 years later, I'm so glad we're able to celebrate something like this film. And matter of fact, just because of Robin's just his legacy, I think this is definitely up there. Matter of fact, IMDB, Rob, it is his first recommended movie. I don't know if this is what people think of when they think of Robin Williams, but his chemistry with the entire cast, honestly, the children, Sally Fields playing that she's so likable that even if you went into this hating her because she's taking him away from his kids, mm-hmm. she's still Sally Fields and so likable. Like I'm I'm saying if someone watched it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Great casting. I love that Stu wasn't the villain like we were saying. It wasn't that typical, oh God, now they're gonna, this guy's so terrible. So he's gonna team up with the kids and they're gonna get rid of Stu. Like, so glad it didn't go that way. Yeah, I agree. That being said, Rob, do you have any recommendations for us? Rob's recommendations. I do have some recommendations. Um, I tried to think a little underrated, maybe under the radar, movies that don't get talked about. I could easily pump you full of like Aladdin's and the Lion King's and the, (laughs) you know, all of these family friendly films, Home Alone, things like that. We all know those movies are great, right? Yes. If you enjoyed Mrs. Doubtfire and its theme and its come and its sort of drama take on it as well, there are a couple of movies that I did pick. I'll start with Connie and Carla. This is Nir Vardolas and Tony Collette. And (laughs) I haven't seen that forever. It is a beautiful masterpiece and it is so good it does involve cross-dressing in a way but you get more of the um lgbtqia plus community and its vibe the atmosphere the environment the themes and uh these two women (laughs) pretend to be men pretending to be women what a concept right when you hear it on paper so funny (laughs) this movie is very similar to sister act where they go into hiding because they witnessed a murder and this is their way of blending in and out of the radar of the mobsters that are after them and it involves lots of wonderful singing lots of laughs great love story and it is just hilarious if you enjoy sort of the mishaps and the hijinks of trying to keep an identity secret through cross-dressing it is a beautiful movie i love this movie so much and it is and underrated i feel like underrated people need to be watching this movie so connie and carla next i chose jack starring robin williams and i picked this movie because I think people really need to see the grittier side of Robin and the movies that he chooses. And this movie, even though it is a fantastical plot, it is very, very grounded. It is very true to like, you know, just being a kid and the responsibilities of being an adult, parenting, your first loves, your first crushes, all of that plays into this movie. And it's just real. And like, I believe that this man was 10 years old. And he just did such a good job. And I think if you want to see more range of what this man is capable of, please watch Jack. Jack, Jack, Jack is so good. And who wouldn't want J-Lo as a teacher? She was amazing in this movie as a teacher. (laughs) 
she was so good but yeah i think jack is is a wonderful film so definitely check that out and um my last pick it's so like 180 from miss dalfire but i still feel like it fits under this family friendly sort of like caretaker sort of like I'm your babysitter nanny sort of thing um Vin Diesel's The Pacifier yes actually I really liked that movie too I really really enjoy (laughs) Pacifier this is before all of the Fast and Furious you know Vin Diesel was just getting his footing in comedy and just showing the muscles and his comedic vibes and I think he pulled it off so well wasn't ooh I gotta look this up before I move on there was a female I forget if she was a neighbor or like a fellow cop but i want to say that it was lauren graham yeah i think it was actually in that movie let me yep it was lauren graham i knew she was in this and so she was pretty good too carol kane also we got a young britney snow and max thoreau um, Brad Garrett was like a, a an evil, you know, like parent or whatever. Like this movie was actually pretty good. It's currently on Disney Plus. Check out if you have not seen it. I think it's hilarious. If you didn't like this movie for for whatever reason, the vibe that I'm getting is maybe you just want something a little bit more less family friendly, more not rated R, but just more like just adult. I chose Big Mama's House. I picked this because it is a different community. It's a different theme. It's a different vibe. And there's just a different way of tackling the cross-dressing role. But it does feature sort of what it's like to be the matriarch of the matriarch in a family. Big Mama is a term of the grandmother in the house, the one who keeps everything together, the glue, the woman who has eyes everywhere. The whole neighborhood, right? Like it's like Yeah, Big Mama could be just somebody who's everyone's mom. And that is what's happening in this movie starring Martin Lawrence, where he cross-dresses to go undercover and It is so funny. It is so funny. And if you feel that because it's predominant black cast that you don't get the jokes or whatever, I'm this movie is not like that. And I think that you will be able to enjoy it for what it is. So this is just a different side of of the genre, right? I always think of the scene, Big Mama, do you have another flashlight down there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. It's so good. Um, next I chose is Matilda. Which, oh yes, she's not whispering in this movie, no, y'all. She's not. Um, Mara Wilson at her as her finest. She like this movie is great, but again, it just shows a little bit of what the Mrs. Doubtfire was probably trying to do, which is be a little bit more like hostile. You know, just the horror vibe of you know family and parenting, yeah. and just like being under that that scrutiny of you know like you're no good and blah 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 and like matilda is just great so i think that this is more of uh i guess a grittier side of a family-friendly movie and we did mention my third recommendation um this movie could go either way if you liked it if you didn't but the birdcage i think is a wonderful film that um shows more of robin williams as sort of a you know a a heavier character in in his acting and whatnot and um i think the themes are great also there's a little bit of cross-dressing in this one too um but it's done more in a political way and um i think you just get sort of a different side of the genre than you got in mrs doubtfire uh so those are my recommendations hopefully you guys have seen them if not these should be on your list 
So, Radical Ones, we're so thankful for having you here for another week. Oh, matter of fact, something I, I forgot to mention earlier, while we're talking about being thankful, we would love, love, love Radical Ones. If you have time this month to please leave us a review on your favorite reviewing platform. Honestly, this is the best way to help support the show. Reviews, unfortunately, are the way that gets the apps to realize to recommend this show to other people. But reviews and getting the word out there really broadens the show's horizons to more listeners. And it's just all part of the game, unfortunately. Reviews are it. Yeah, reviews and word of mouth definitely will help expand our, our our listens and expand and reach out to others who may not be aware of this show. And um, if you like it just as much, I'm sure somebody else will. So, you know, if you know someone who would enjoy our shenanigans on here, definitely let them know. But a review on Apple or Spotify or any other podcast that you listen to would be very good. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you as well. You are so appreciated. We are so thankful for you this month. Rob, where can the love people find you at uh i'm on instagram uh, my um my movie review uh profile is rob the movie geek you can also look me up as rob the unique geek it should show up um i review movies on there i was on a, a trajectory of reviewing every movie that i watch whether i've seen it before or not but because of the strike i'm in solidarity by not reviewing any new movies that are out until the strike has been lifted but i'm sure that the page will stay up and i'll come up with another project or ways to express my movie loving self and and review things that have come out in the future so just look for me there and um yeah and i'll be right here on uh the podcast and that's rob the movie geek one word right on yes. instagram that's right and you can also find the radical retro rewind podcast one word on instagram youtube tiktok everywhere podcasts are available and a matter of fact i think our episode with no more late fees should be out now so if you want to hear rob and i guess on that podcast we'll have a link for that on our instagram and actually maybe in the description box below it's practically matthew lawrence week as we yeah. <laughs> two movies that he's been in so <laughs> in true week, so different points of growth too <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Rob. Thank you. Of course, I had fun. Always. Happy anniversary to this movie. And see you again next time, Radical Ones. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dear Mrs. Doubtfire, two months ago, my mom and dad decided to separate. Now they live in different houses. My brother Andrew says that we aren't to be a family anymore. Is this true? Did I lose my family? Is there anything I could do to get my parents back together? Sincerely, Katie McCormick. Oh, my dear Katie. You know, some parents, when they're angry, they get along much better when they don't live together. They don't fight all the time and they can become better people and much better mummies and daddies for you. And sometimes they get back together. And sometimes they don't, dear. And if they don't, don't blame yourself. Just because they don't love each other anymore doesn't mean that they don't love you. Now, there are all sorts of different families, Katie. Some families have one mommy, some families have one daddy or, or two families. And some children live with their uncle or aunt. Some live with their grandparents, or some children live with foster parents. 
and some live in separate homes and separate neighborhoods in different areas of the country and they may not see each other for days, weeks, months, or even years at a time. But if there's love, dear, those are the ties that bind. And you'll have a family in your heart forever. All my love to you, Poppet. You're going to be all right. Bye-bye. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.